Washington Commanders lose to the Cleveland Browns 24-10 on Sunday. Carson Wentz has his worst performance in the Burgundy and Gold, and Ron Rivera continues to amaze me with his incompetence. All of that and much more coming up right now on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done that already. Alrighty, so Washington falls 24-10 to the Browns. That was ugly. That was really ugly. They came out pretty slow. I mean, you, you can't really, in a game where you can clinch a playoff spot, I really didn't expect this team to come out flat, but they did. Washington went three and out. Uh, you know, Jonathan Williams got the carry at running back. Why he was starting, I don't know, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Carson Wentz, incomplete pass. And before we continue, there were two plays where Carson Wentz, I mean, this is like, what, a two, three-yard swing route? Uh, totally threw the ball into the dirt. I mean, it, it's a swing route to a running back. I, I'm sure that many of us could have gone in at quarterback and, and made that throw. I, I think it's it's ridiculous that, and, and that's not the first time that's happened this season, I think it's ridiculous that that guy can't make that throw. I mean, if if you can't make that throw, can how how are you supposed to make any other of these these throws? I mean, you're in the NFL. If you can't complete a two three yard swing route, I mean, what what are we doing? So Wentz incomplete, and then another pass. This one, Terry McLaurin. Uh, this one was picked. Uh, so that that was how Carson Wentz started out his day he had two interceptions in his first seven passes ended up with three picks on the day 16 for 28 143 yards three sacks so i mean hey maybe he he wasn't getting sacked as much which i guess you know you can you can uh count your blessings there but goodness so washington as i said they, they really came out flat and i think that you know carson wentz is obviously one of the main factors here uh this is a guy who Washington gave up draft capital. They gave up a, a bunch of cap space that could have, be, could have been spent in other places of need. And instead, we have a guy who looked rusty, which is to be expected. The guy hasn't played in multiple weeks. But not only did he look rusty, but, I mean, he was missing easy throws. And this is the, the Carson Wentz we saw after the first two weeks, a guy who is missing easy completions is staring down wide receivers. And now on that, that interception to Terry McLaurin on the, the third play of their possession, Wentz stares down McLaurin the entire time. And while yes, McLaurin isn't exactly open, I mean, you need to be able to one discern that, okay, Terry is being covered right now. And yes, there, there is some, some argument there to be made where, you know, yeah, I want to give my guy a chance to go make a play on the football. Um, but that is not the way to, to throw that ball when you're trying to make your guy, give your guy a chance to make a play. Uh, you, you just basically just chucked it, and it, it's an easy easy route for Denzel Ward to pick off because there was no no zip on that football, and Tamar Lauren was really out of the play. So you got to be able to discern that if you're Carson Wentz. Another note, Carson Wentz needs to be able to realize that, hey, look, 
Terry McLaurin is my number one read, okay? But you, you can't stare him down. I mean, like, this is, this is the NFL. This is the pros. You, you can't do that here, all right? If, if he doesn't know that, which I'm sure he does, then that's a coaching issue. But, I mean, you don't see that in very many capable starters staring down receivers. So that's an issue right there. Um, so Carson Wentz, uh, a really a poor performance there. Um, no, no doubt there. I mean, anyone can, can tell you that. That was by far his worst performance in a Washington uniform. And, you know, goes back to what I've been saying is that, you know, one, Ron Rivera needed this move to work out, which is why he ended up putting Carson Wentz instead of Taylor Heineke. Uh, but two, Carson Wentz has not looked the same. Those first two games, that offense was playing well. And then whatever happened after after week two, that offense just fell off a cliff. And, and Carson's confidence went with it. This is a guy who is struggling to be able to, to throw to multiple reads. We saw that on that pick to Denzel Ward. All right? He knows his, his number one read is McLaurin, so he just stares it down. you got to look at your other options here, right? I mean, it, it seems so basic, but we're having a guy in Carson Wentz who struggled with that immensely. Now, defensively, that, that is another issue. I mean, giving up 24 points. And, I you know, I don't have as much of an issue with the defense uh, just looking at how they performed over the past few weeks. Uh, yes, they have not given up. They, 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 that was a lot of points to give up to a, a, a really poor Browns offense. But... At the end of the day, what's more at fault? The, the defense that gave up 24 points or the offense that barely scored 10? I mean, I, I think it's a pretty clear, clear-cut clear uh, decision there is the, the offense. And, well, yes, the defense did have some issues tackling. I mean, they gave up a total of 104 yards alone just to Nick Chubb, a total of 146 yards on the ground on 30 carries. Uh, averaging 4.9 yards per attempt. So, yeah, that, that's a big issue right there. Nick Chubb ran all over them in 14 carries. Uh, Chubb was averaging 7.4 yards per, per carry. Why he only got 14 carries, not sure. Uh, Deshaun Watson, it, yeah, he threw three touchdowns. Uh, but aside from that, 9 of 18, 169 yards, sacked five times, no picks, uh, so, I mean, that helped him out a lot, but a guy who threw 469 passing yards beat Washington 24 to 10. Um, not, not good. And that just goes to show you that, yeah, you know, the absence of Karam Curl and Benjamin St. Jude's, yeah, that's big, but the, the lack of depth on this team is really what's hurt them down the stretch. And Ron Rivera even admitted it in one of his interviews that, yeah, you know, injuries, the injuries are piling up and, when they have to go to that depth, you know, sometimes it does cause some pretty big issues and concerns for this team. We saw it on, on Sunday. Cleveland wasn't a team that really was scary. They had good players. Yeah, you know, Mark Cooper, who had three catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Peoples-Jones, a guy who, you know, only had one catch. Uh, David Njoku, he's had some flashes. Obviously, Nick Chubb. There's some good players on the offense, but... Nothing to where I am too overly concerned. And I think that 
we may have overlooked the impact of a guy like Benjamin St. Juice and Karam Curl um, because the defense has, the, the, the secondary in general has really struggled without them. But the defense in general without Cam Curl has continued to give up more points than they have been averaging with Cam Curl. So those injuries, I think, are playing a big part, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. This is, that's a disgrace to come out in a game where, one, you can be eliminated if you lose. Now, I know that's some some shocking news to a, a one, Ron Rivera, but yeah, you, you could be eliminated if you lost the game, and Washington was. But how you come out in that game flat, and if you're Ron Rivera, how do you not go to Taylor Heineke at the half? It, it, it really kind of boggles my mind. Carson Wentz, 6 of 10, 62 yards, no touchdowns, 2 picks at halftime. He had a passer rating of 38.3. How do you not go to Taylor Heineke? Yeah, the offense was pretty poor with Taylor Heineke. I, I admitted that in my last podcast. I, I'm going to say it again here. The offense was not good enough. But you didn't have Taylor Heineke struggling immensely, missing guys who were wide open. Yeah, Washington was up 7-3 at halftime because they were able to go on one drive that where where you, you fed Brian Robinson and Jonathan Williams. Carson Wentz had to make three throws on that touchdown drive to give them a lead at halftime. You you cannot, you, you if you're on Vera, and the only reason that makes sense is that if he honestly did not know they could be eliminated, to, to keep Carson Wentz out there, because if you knew you were going to be eliminated, if you knew that if you lost this game, you had a chance to not be able to play for anything next week, then how could you keep a guy who had thrown two picks, six of 10 for 62 yards, out there at quarterback? You, you can't. And that's why... I think that it's absurd that Ron Rivera, the coach of an NFL football team, did not know that he could be that his team could be eliminated on Sunday. I think that's absurd. You, you ha- there's only 32 coaching jobs in the NFL. How do you not know this? How? I, 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 it's. I mean. If the fans can un- can figure that out, then you, as head coach of the thir- one of the 32 football organizations should definitely know that your team could be eliminated from the playoffs. It, it doesn't make any sense for a guy who does not really, and, and I, I need to be careful with my wording here, but it, it's almost like he doesn't do too much on game day. And what I mean is this, he's not running the offense. He's not running the defense. He kind of just stands there and will throw challenges or call timeouts eventually sometimes when they they can't get a play in quickly enough i i i am sure that you know he's definitely motivating guys you know in the locker room leading speeches stuff like that i i'm not sure i don't have the information of of that i don't have any confirmation but he's head coach so i'm I'm sure he's doing something like that but on game day i mean how do you not have that information how do you not know your team can be eliminated i I think it's it's mind-boggling and it, it just goes to show you that there's some some really key, simple things that this this organization has overlooked, uh, whether that be, you know, obviously what we saw on Sunday, Ron Rivera not knowing they could be eliminated from the playoffs, um, 
trading for Carson Wentz, a guy who two teams gave up a large amount of resources to get rid of. And, you know, I, I think that those are some some issues I, I've seen with this this organization that continue to to frustrate me. Um, frustrated me on Sunday. And as a fan, I mean, this is, it's for Washington kind of surprising for us to have a chance to, to clinch a, a playoff spot and for my team to come out and look as poor as they did, give up 24 points to a a horrendous offense. Washington is still struggling to get skill position players involved. Jahan Dotson, two targets, two catches, 28 yards. Terry McLaurin, two targets, one catch, two yards. Does, does anyone want to explain that for me? Why Terry McLaurin, the guy who you, you just gave a three-year, $72 million contract, got two targets for one catch for two yards? Anyone? No? I mean, I understand Carson Wentz only threw the ball six times or ten times in that first half, but how in the first half does Terry McLaurin only have two targets? I, I don't understand that I, I think that that is where scott turner needs to be able to realize that hey this is your best player on offense get him the football look what the vikings do with justin jefferson you have a very good chance on third down it, it's almost 50 50 justin jefferson's getting the ball i mean that guy is getting target after target after target because he is their best player and i'm not trying to compare terry mclaurin justin jefferson i know obviously i mean anyone who who can watch the NFL can can tell you Jeff, Justin Jefferson's a lot better than Terry McLaurin. But Terry McLaurin's their best player on offense. He only had five targets on the day for only two catches for 25 yards. Only two catches. I mean, you gotta be able to do better than that. You have to be able to do better than that. Curtis Samuel, the guy who is the ninth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Two targets, one catch for six yards in the entire game. You have to do better than that. These, it's it's not an excuse anymore. We're it, week seventeen. You, this has been the theme through the entire season is they have struggled to get the ball out to, to their weapons. I mean, what are you paying Curtis Samuel for? Why did you give Terry McLaurin a giant contract? All right, why are you you use a first round draft pick on Jahan Dotson? It, these guys are not getting utilized. They're wasting away perfectly good receivers because for whatever reason, they can't find a way to involve these guys. And I blame Scott Turner. I blame Carson Wentz. And I, when he was quarterback, I blame Taylor Heineke. But th- that's not really an issue I'm going to get into today. This is a game where you needed it. You could have clinched a playoff spot. Why are your best players not getting the football? I get it. You want to run the football. But sometimes, sometimes, and whoa, whoa, big thought here. Sometimes when you get the ball to your, your best players, it actually ends up working out for you. Look around the league. This is what good teams do. Look at the Rams last year. Do you know how many times Cooper Cup got the football? Do you know how many times Devontae Adams is getting the football when he was in Green Bay? Now, yeah, he, he's kind of struggled a little bit this year. Look how many times Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are getting the ball. 
this is the formula. If you have good skill position players, you need to get them the football. It's it's simple, and yet we, we struggle to do it here in Washington. So, yeah, another game where Washington continued to struggle to get the ball to their skill position players. On offense, you have to do better than 10 points. You, you just have to. You cannot tell me that they were able to... I mean, yes, the offense has been poor, but this is this is the guy you, you paid big bucks to get, Carson Wentz. Um, not only did he throw three picks, but offense only scored 10 points. That, you just can't have that, especially in a game where you, you need this game. I mean, look at look at this 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 drive summary for for Washington. You have obviously their first drive is a pick. Then you go to their second drive, and it's a fourth down, fourth and one. Which, by the way, on that fourth and one, why in the world are we running a toss? All right, we have this guy named Brian Robinson. You know, the guy who they never use in short yardage scenarios for whatever reason. Put Brian Robinson in. Why? It's like this is some foreign concept to them. They, they try and get all, all fancy, and they end up overthinking the situation. And like like we saw in this Cleveland game, fourth and one, toss right to, or to, toss left to, to Jonathan Williams, and they lose a yard. I I love this. I like going for it. All right? I, I like the decision to go for it there. But that play call. You, you can't tell me that that play call was, was the right decision because it, it's not. You need to give the ball to Brian Robinson. That, look when Brian Robinson runs the ball. Very rarely does he not pick up an extra yard or two after getting hit. Very rarely. That guy keeps his legs churning. Get him the football. It, it, it's like they, they want to do, they, they don't want to, go back to the well. They want to try and keep getting all cute and fancy, and it, it ends up backfiring for them. So yeah, fourth and one. They didn't get it. Then Carson Wentz throws another interception, this time to, to Greg Delpit. This is his first interception. Then you look at Washington's final drive, this one, which started with 11.48 to go in the second quarter. This drive went all the way down to 23 seconds left in the first half. Carson Wentz was able to go on a QB sneak, and I like the decision for the QB sneak. I feel like that's something that they they do not utilize uh, very often in short yard scenarios, and I like the decision to go for the QB sneak. They end up scoring, and Washington on a 21-play drive, 18 run plays on that drive, only three pass plays. So remember I said, I said earlier, Carson Wentz didn't really do much on that drive. Uh, aside from scoring the touchdown, he was able to... I mean, yeah, he made some some big third down plays. So I'll, I'll take that back. He, he made some good plays. He was able to keep the drive moving. Um, so Washington goes pick, four, uh, turnover on downs, pick, touchdown. That was the four drives they had in the first half. Then you look at the third quarter. Washington gets the ball up 7-3. to three with a chance to, even if you get a field goal, up 10-3, make it a 7-point game, but they go 3 and out. Brian Robinson, off the left end, lost of 2 yards. 2nd and 12, Brian Robinson, off the right end, able to pick up 2 yards. 3rd and 10, and Wentz throws a pass behind the line of scrimmage to Jonathan Williams. They end up losing 2 yards on that play. Um, 
it's the avoid disaster playbook. They, for whatever reason, Scott Turner does not like to throw the ball forward on third down very often. So you end up losing two yards and they punt. So Washington starts off their possessions of the third quarter with a punt. They get the ball back and punt again. Washington then is able to get a field goal after they are able to get the ball at their own 25. So this drive right here, you'd like for them on a third and five to be able to convert that. Again, they throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage on third and five at Cleveland's 24. They end up losing the yard. Jonathan Williams not able to pick anything up. So they hit a 43-yard field goal. And yeah, you know, I like the decision to take the points. Uh, you would like for them to have some better third down play call, though, just to be able to take advantage of, you know, some of those skill position players. Get the ball to Terry McLaurin in space. Um, I feel like we don't ever use the slant route concept. Uh, that would be pretty handy to use on a third down. So Washington then gets a field goal, and then you've got Carson Wentz's third interception of the game, and this was by far his worst one. Uh, this is just a, you know, He's chucking it up, saying a prayer, and you know, throwing it in double coverage. I like the idea of going throwing deep to Jahan Dotson. Uh, there's just a few things wrong with this throw. Obviously, one, it hangs in the air forever. There is no zip on this football. Uh, two, you're in double coverage, and three, I, I think that you know you missed the wide open Cam Sims on a a post route to the outside. So, or excuse me, a corner route to the outside. So Carson Wentz, once again, and I'm not sure whether Jahan Dotson was his main read or not, but once he, he once in his head, he decided where he was going with football. It, it didn't really matter what else was going on. And Carson Wentz throws his third pick of the game. Washington then able to get the ball back with 245 to go in the game, and they end up turning the ball over on fourth down. Washington does get the ball back one more time with 24 seconds to go, and they were able to get about five yards um, on a run. Jonathan Williams with the carry. Washington, one for four on third down, one for two on fourth down, and that is how the Commanders finished up their 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, it, it it's amazing that a team with this many weapons and this, this many productive players on offense just continues to, to come out flat in these games, continues to struggle to score points. But you look at, you know, Tressway punted two times in the game, but Carson Wentz's three picks that, you know, that's five lost drives plus the one turnover on downs, they lost six drives. I mean, six drives, no points. You can't have that happen. So that's really the big reason that Washington lost. Obviously, the offense didn't score enough points. But defensively, um, you know, you, you can't allow for some of those breakaway plays. Kendall Fuller not being able to... I, I, I know what he was trying to do on the Amari Cooper touchdown when he was on the left sideline. Fuller tries to push him out of bounds. Um, I don't... I don't like the way that NFL players have been, you know, when players are near the, the boundaries, just, just tackle them. Like, I understand 
like, you know, you're being taught to not to be um, so forceful. You don't want to get that unnecessary roughness penalty, but, you know, make sure you, you make the play, all right? Don't just try and bump him out with your shoulder. Wrap him up, all right? You, and, and that's what happens when play, players don't do that is you have players who are able to bounce off um, guys like Kendall Fuller who try to shove him out with their shoulder. And uh, one, I need a lot more effort from Kendall Fuller, a guy who is fourth on the team in cap. But two, you need to be able to make the tackle there. But also, Amari Cooper is a good receiver, yeah. But why? He only had three catches, but he had 105 yards two touchdowns. I mean, you have to be able to, on defense, limit a team like the Browns, who, one, struggle to score points, and two, do not have that many good weapons. I understand you don't have Benjamin St. Juice, but you have to be able to figure something out. I can't have Kendall Fuller getting roasted by Amari Cooper I, I need some better play from those DBs, from these guys who are getting paid a lot. Um, yeah, Washington had five sacks. I think that the D-line played pretty well. I would have loved to see a few more. There were a few opportunities where Washington had a chance to make an extra sack or two. Deshaun Watson um, actually looked fairly well, uh, aside from the poor statistics. But you know when he's scrambling around, it kind of reminded me of the Deshaun Watson when he was in Houston. David Mayo had a sack. Deron Payne had two sacks. Montez Sweat had a sack. Casey Tuhill had a sack. So overall, you know, a good day uh, defensively. Obviously, you'd like to see a little more from Chase Young, but, you know, a guy who's in his second game back from a, a, a knee injury. Um, I, I, need, I need more from Chase Young, but hopefully... In 2023, that will be the case. I don't think they're going to play Chase Young in the Week 18 game. I, I would be very surprised. But, you know, that I think that defensively, yes. Did they give up 24 points? Yeah. It, it's a decent amount of points to give up to a, a horrendous offense like the Browns. But you, you can't blame this defense. I, I You can't. If you're going to blame them for anything, blame them for giving up an extra touchdown to Amari Cooper at the end. Yes, were there plays that they could have limited? Yeah, those two Amari Cooper touchdowns, those easily could have been stopped. Those didn't need to be touchdowns. If Kendall Fuller had made the correct play on the sideline, uh, that wouldn't have been a touchdown. But ultimately, this is a, a passing league. This is a league that has been made for scoring, made for points. And if you cannot score more than 10 points, against a, a Browns defense that, yes, has some good players, but ultimately isn't anything that's too special, then you really need to take a look and really review what exactly your game plan is because it's it's you just can't score 10 points in this league and expect that to be okay. That's not. It, it really should be something to where Ron Rivera needs to really seriously consider what type of offensive game plan they have. Scott Turner needs to really consider how he is calling plays, how he is designing them to get the ball to the skill position players because it does you just cannot have 
10 points against a team like the Browns. It's not acceptable. And, you know, going in one more week, Washington out of the playoffs, I, I think that they need to really take a, a deep look in the mirror and going into 2023 because I, would I, I, I think it for the franchise, I think it would be the best thing for them to move on from Ron Rivera because I what I don't want them to do is I don't want them to select a quarterback here in this draft um, if that's the move they take. If they do select a quarterback in the draft um, and then, you know, quarterback doesn't play well, they get fired in 2024, or then new coach comes in, and then we kind of have the same scenario that we had with Dwayne Haskins where, you know, it's some coaches leftovers. Um, so I, I think that moving forward, I think it's going to be the, the, the best chance for this franchise to keep moving forward to get a new head coach to have that coach select his franchise quarterback, trade up, do whatever you need to do, but get the guy you want. And I think that's going to be the best option for this franchise. So with that being said, that is my breakdown of this loss. I think that, you know, Washington just came out flat and, you know, you you can't really blame it on, you know, guys like John Allen going down. Ron Rivera said that in his interview, he was like, the, the issues with tackling, you know, he was like, when when asked about the issues with tackling, he said, you know, well, John Allen, you know, when he got injured, like, he's a guy who, you know, takes some of the ferociousness and gets it out of those guys. And, you know, sure, John Allen may be able to, you know, hype up his teammates a little bit and maybe get them to play a little bit harder. But if your team just falls off a cliff when when you lose your captain, um, maybe you need to, to really rethink how your, how your players are performing, uh, how you're, how you're training them. And that should be something to where, you know, if you're on Rivera, you can't really blame that on John Allen or use that as an excuse. Like John Allen got hurt. Yeah. But that, that was, that's not the reason your defense fell apart. All right. Time for ballers and busts. So my first baller of the day, Brian Robinson, Jr. 24 carries, 87 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. I would have liked for Robinson to had a little bit better average, but he's going to get my first baller of the day. My second goes to Logan Thomas. And Logan Thomas, he led the team in receptions with six. Logan Thomas has kind of been non-existent in this offense over the past few weeks, finally getting a little bit more involved. Seven targets, six receptions, 56 yards, average 9.3 yards per catch. Uh, finally glad that Logan Thomas is getting involved. And then finally, Deron Payne, guy had two sacks and really good performance by Payne. I, I've i touched on this in earlier episodes. They need to keep Payne. I don't really care how they do it. They need to keep him, whether it's a franchise tag, which I would really rather they not do that, or sign him to a long-term deal. Having him and Allen, it really makes it hard for opposing defenses um, and you can draft defensive tackles in the first round all you like, but it, very rarely do you have two guys in Allen and Payne who are that good. Um, now for my busts, uh, this one, you know, it's pretty easy. My first one goes to Carson Wentz. Uh, that's a no-brainer. Guy had three picks and came out flat. Really struggled making easy throws. It's really the same old Carson Wentz that we saw. Missed wide open receivers. Slow release. Um, Carson Wentz, my first bust. My second bust is going to go to Scott Turner and Ron Rivera. I think that you look at the play call, and I'm giving part of this to Ron Rivera because 
he ultimately is Scott Turner's boss and can make sure that whatever he wants Scott Turner to call um, can get done. Uh, but also to Scott Turner, he's needed to design some better plays to get some of those skill position players involved. And then my final bust goes to Kendall Fuller. You you can't miss that tackle on Amari Cooper. Give up a, a huge touchdown. Um, guy, again, f- fourth highest paid player on the team. You, you can't do that. Um, if you really think you're going to stay on this team, get another contract, which I, at this point, I don't think they should re-sign Kendall Fuller. But you're one of the, the, the team leaders on defense, especially with you know Cam Curl out. With John Allen leaving the game, you need to be able to make that tackle, at least get him out of bounds. Um, but instead, he is not able to do that. Cooper scores, and I mean, all of the rest. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. If you have not subscribed already, please do that so you can listen to the next episode. I salute our armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. God bless you, and God bless America.